And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, wait after. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Oh, you're kidding me! Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome. I'm going to call this a Warriors All-82, you know, privately, but I know it is a Warriors plus minus, but I'm in the press room right now. It kind of feels a little bit All-82 to me. Um... And I'm leading it too, you know. He brought your microphone to the to the arena. Very nice, Slater. Brought my Very microphone to the Bay Area is what I did. He always got his mic with him. Hell yeah, everywhere I go. My producer gets mad at me when TK show because I don't do that ever. But the whole we're on a side track here. We're starting off poorly, but sort of like the Warriors, we're getting a little sidetracked. Yeah, they went down ten to the Magic yesterday. <laughs> so this is us down ten. They ended up winning by thirty, I believe. You know, Daryl Rada, the a terrific stats guy for for the Warriors sent out this stat. I didn't even use it, but tonight, be, meaning last night, was the first time the Warriors trailed by as many as ten and won by at least thirty since nineteen ninety seven ninety eight. Kind of interesting. The great year of Warriors basketball ninety seven ninety eight. Weren't they in San Jose <laughs> then? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, this the, I think they won a championship that year, if I remember correctly. Is that right? The yeah, San Jose Warriors, baby. I'm surprised they didn't do that in one of the Durant years because didn't that feel like a Durant year? You know, like just kind of go through the motions in the first quarter. You, they know they're going to be. No, that team got yeah. down 10 and just was like, yeah, what like, are we doing? Uh, let's let's go. go home. No, not the Durant teams. And just say, okay, you know what? Let's just win by 40. Down, down 15 in the first. I just felt like that. Maybe I'm wrong. This is the first game where I felt like the Warriors knew they were going to win. They knew they were tons better. Obviously, it's Orlando. But like they just said, Okay, we're going to be you know, a little slow, a little you know, not great in the first quarter, and it doesn't matter because they're just that much better. And, and yes, they were. They just felt like that. Like, I, the rush of this beginning and a couple of bad games, but it was all still in the kind of the excitement of the beginning of the season. They got this new energy. They feel great. Steph and Draymond still feel great. This didn't feel like that. This felt like, yeah, you know what? Let's just roll the ball out, and we're going to win by 30 at some point, some way. I think that the 30 part of the the 10 to 30 makes it I, I am surprised that the Durant teams never did it but I like, like I can remember a game in Philly they were going into the third quarter down like 20 and then they were leaving the third quarter up 20 but I think they ended up winning that game by probably like 25 points or something like that it was the the 30 aspect uh, what about last night I mean I don't know to me it's the the three-point shooting of Wiggins and Steph I mean they combined to hit 15. Wiggins, 8 of 10. He's now shooting 41.6% on the season. And he actually started pretty cold. Uh, and then obviously Steph with the record. What stands out to you guys? It's got to be how clear it is Steph <laughs> wants to get this done. <laughs> is he going to do it? He's going to use 15, right? I, I, I think he's yeah. going to try. I think, if he, I think if he makes four in the first quarter, he's going to I, I think he needs more than four in the first quarter. 
No, if he makes four, he's yeah, gonna yeah, go yeah. for it. I'm just saying, like, like he still may not get it, but if he's feeling good early, I think he's gonna go for it. Like, if see, I don't know. Portland's around. such a great perimeter defensive team, so I just don't see that. <laughs> and no dame. I mean, I'm gonna say something that might upset Marcus about Damian Lillard. Portland's a worse team, obviously, with Damian Lillard, but actually they played the other night against, or yesterday, against the Clippers, and without Lillard, it, like, Billups has had them playing kind of more of like a grind-it style. I actually think they're better defensively, as bad as they are, you know, in this current state, so I don't know. I'm just saying. It might be even easier for Steph to actually hit that amount of threes if Lillard was out there, who would also be keeping... Yeah, yeah, no, and yeah I think Steph, that's what I'm saying. Would, I think it would it'd be harder Steph now. In the game, too, because Lillard could keep could, could shoot Portland into... You know competitiveness. What he doesn't does he need sixteen to break? Is that what it is? He yeah, needs that's a lot. And the record's yeah. fifteen, right? Clay's fifteen's a record, I think. Clay is okay, fourteen, so, so Stephanie needs two. We need to do Bob Beam in here. Uh, we've all seen like that. I, I know Marcus and I flash back to four quarter, yeah, man. Yeah. That's it. Four <laughs> quarters later. What are we when talking he needed, about? Is... he needed to get eight to get four hundred at the last game of uh, fifteen sixteen, and he got like. Eight and what was Mark? It was like eight in the first quarter. Yeah, it was eight in the first quarter. Like it was immediately. Can he do it? Can he do it? Because back then it was stuff did not get that. You know, it wasn't like that. And it's just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's like boom, 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 boom. He's got it, and then he gets ten, ends up a four hundred two. Now sixteen is a different thing. He's gonna yeah. He's that's forty eight points all on threes. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. I thought he needed two or three more last night, and I think Steph thought that because he was clearly jacking them up at the end of the game. Uh, he needed a couple more to get. To, you get in that eleven, twelve range, which very few people have ever done. But obviously, Steph can do it. Then I think it's much more reasonable. Of course, we're saying this; it's not reasonable. Probably can't do it. And what's he going? He's going to get six in the first quarter, and it's going to be live the whole game. Yeah, it's not reasonable. It's possible though. Like it shouldn't be something to be expected. But like, like he has to be hot to get sixteen threes. It can't I would be. Hope so. You know what I'm saying? Like, it can't be like, yo, I'm going to take 45 to get 16. Like, he's not going to do that, right? So, he's got to be feeling it. It's got to be like, you know, in a zone type deal. It's possible enough that anyone who may have a story that needs to be ready in time has to go into the night knowing, like, gosh, is there a chance I might have to get this out? That person is under the gun right now. Right now, he's... I feel like I'm being thoroughly trolled here. Just saying, that's an example of how, like, it's into, probably into not possible, but just that 1% the chance. Yeah. Theoretically, you wouldn't want not to be ready to push the button on that story. This is probably the way we're talking about here. You know, that's like, like you know what? I was pissed at Steph for that. Like, dude, either get 10 <laughs> or get 4. Like, 7 is right there. Like, where I could call and be like, hey, all right, this thing is going longer. Like, yeah. I got more time. <laughs> but, you know... Not really. Like he can't be too confident. Like, come on, man. You know where you know where he blew it? It's that Phoenix game. Four for twenty one that Phoenix game. Two more threes there. Couple He was taking them. He was taking them. He tried. Come on now. He was trying. He He didn't you could tell he knew. I'm just saying, like last night was cold blooded, man. Seven was like the worst number. It's literally on the cusp. I get wanting to do it at home, but I mean, if he does it in MSG, which like to me, this is lining up for probably Indianapolis or MSG against the Knicks. Like MSG would be cool. I MSG mean, would be cool. It, it, I think he'd be he'd be good there. I think Philly would be cool too because he gets to do it with his brother. 
That would be a, a ABC a Saturday moment, night. Right? Do it on his brother. His brother guarding him and just just rise up right in his face and. Get... And it'll be just like they began in the backyard. <laughs> oh, Marcus you know is writing like, the story now. Marcus circle. is writing. Let's the story go. Now. Let's go. I'm already <laughs> barring this up. <laughs> uh, but it's Steph. We've seen him do this. We've we we know he hit these. Why does Indiana feel like such a bad place though? Like Indiana's like birthplace of basketball. You know, <laughs> Yeah, Reggie, Reggie, here, you know? yeah. Jimmy Chitwood. Larry Bird Larry will be Bird, sitting there at half court, ready to give him a uh, handshake. One thing we know, he wanted to do it. He wanted to set it up so he could do it all tomorrow, and it might not happen. But he clearly, the last few games, you could tell he wanted to do it, and usually he gets what he what he wants. We'll, we'll see. But I thought Wiggins was the story. I thought the smile. I mean, other people have talked about it. Just like the guy's beaming. He's just so happy. Uh, to be playing this well, to be on this this team that accepts him, that embraces everything that he does, that doesn't look you know negatively on the stuff that he doesn't always do, and he's just playing relaxed, confident basketball. Again, it's Orlando Magic, whatever, but he's been playing really well most of the season after that first kind of stumble early on. But man, when he's out there, they're better, and that's you know an impressive thing for a twenty and four team that has Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and everybody else. They're better when Andrew Wiggins is out there. And, of course, when he goes, you know, inflammatory like he did last night, it's just you, you can't beat the Warriors when he's like that. It's especially that that smile and the the oh-so-obvious, like, happiness. And, you know, like, just he's kind of reached this new level of, like, peace or whatever. It's especially jarring considering how the season began, <laughs> right? Like, in the throes of... NBA controversy he never looked more uncomfortable right like and to see him get from that point where he's like you know basically lashing out at people to now this like kind of new level of you know or at least expressing the joy I don't know what he's actually felt but he's expressing a level of joy that we just hadn't seen from him that's pretty jarring because it was just a couple months ago he was under fire it does tell you that the Warriors played this right you know I mean obviously they were quietly pressuring him to take the shot obviously because they want him to play for them you know they supported him like they supported him through this I would say you know again it's our job to go get information but he didn't like how it got out to the public they did let it be known now I'm I'm saying more the players Draymond and Iguodala yeah this did not come from the players right this did not it, it came from other sources and that part I'm not saying I'm saying within the context of like just that media day, just what those players said, and then Draymond a few days later, they weren't pushing him, and they really weren't in, in that. They were embracing his opportunity to think through this. They certainly wanted him to take the shot and be, be eligible to play home games, but it, it was understanding within that, we know Andrew will do what's right for the team, but we also understand that he's got to think through this. That combination, it's not that hard to do. I'm not saying this, you know, Nobel Peace Prize for doing this, but it was the right tone. And we've seen teams and players not do it this way, especially around Wiggins, right? I mean, we've seen him not be a real popular player. I mean, a popular player, but not like beloved, like say in the Timberwolves locker room. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns loved playing with 
with Andrew Wiggins. So I think this team, this Warriors group, really likes playing with Wiggins, and that means translates to him loving the play. He mentioned a couple times post game last night. He was just like, "Winning is fun. I like to win." And you know, look, it's simple. We've talked about it in the past, but he just never has been on a winning team. And you guys know the NBA. Like losing seasons are miserable seasons. It's hard to play within them. Sure, you might have a couple happy games. Wiggins scores forty two against the you know Thunder or the Cavaliers back in Minnesota, and I'm sure he had a happy press conference. You know, dropped within those miserable seasons but in general it was never fun to play in Minnesota because it was always coaching changes and you know organizational upheaval and you know why aren't you as good as we hoped you'd be number one pick then he comes to the Warriors he's on the 15 and 50 season whatever that obviously wasn't a uh, a joyous environment and even last season uh, look they made the eight seed they had the 15 and 5 finish but in general you guys were around that was not a pleasant season in the middle of a pandemic no fans they're an eight seed I mean he, he had some nice moments but this is a level of winning that just brings I mean think about for man stop giving away my story dude <laughs> how many stories you working on MT jeez well, Wiggins got put on the back burner for uh... <laughs> because of the thirty, yeah, thirty tends to move things around. Wiggins, like this, is an entire to me an organization that is just much happier in general. Like the Wiggins smile is indicative of everyone around. I mean, they're twenty and four. I mean, Steve Kerr has talked about it, but it's just they're just happier because they're winning, and that's sports, right? Well, it works, and the roster works this season. It didn't last season. I mean, they made some experiments. They brought some guys in. I don't think any of us said, hey, Kelly Oubre would be a terrible addition. We're like, okay, let's see. Or Brad Wanamaker, you know. I, I thought actually that might work because he seemed to be a nice Steve Kerr back of point guard. He was terrible. Like, there's just certain Eric Pascal didn't work. There's players that did not work last season, and I don't know that it affected Wiggins, but it affected how good the team was, and that affects Wiggins' mood. It affects the whole team's mood. But they just got pieces in here, and none of them, you know, I guess we can say Otto Porter's been playing very well, but he's not been incredible. The Elitza has been up and down. They have some different things, but they just got things that work around what they do, and that makes everybody happier, and that leads to 20. Well, you know, it, it could lead to like 62 and 20, whatever the hell they're going to end up. And that makes everybody happier. It's just the pieces fit, and they had—I think they had some frustrated players last season. Sixty-two, don't whatever, you seventy-four, what, uh, yeah, seventy-four, seventy-six, whatever the hell they're going to be. You know, I don't know that the Uber stuff. Like, we wrote about the Uber stuff a ton. Hey, hey, we, no Uber slander. Do you see what he's doing? No, no, in Charlotte? I'm, saying, I'm saying I don't. I, I don't want to. I'm like saving Charlotte. It, it wasn't that big a deal. Like you know, in the context of NBA frustration, it was barely a blip. It just wasn't a, a player who didn't fit. I don't think. Oubre was a bad guy. I don't think Oubre was consciously trying to screw things up. He just didn't fit. It happens all the time. And you move him off and you bring in other players who do fit. And you have the growth of Jordan Poole. And you have JTA playing really well. And Gary Payton out of nowhere providing incredible you know, production and, and defense. This fits around everything they do. That's why the mood's better. And I think where the smile from Andrew Wiggins is you know, reflective of, yeah, as, as I think MTU years, just the overall team feeling good. And he's just right in there with it. Now who's writing columns on words plus minus? <laughs> I wrote, I write this a million, like I feel like I'm rewriting everything, but that's what we are feeling. It's, it's, it's fine. You, you want to continue to tell a story of what's going on. Uh, but 
you know, it's Orlando. Is Orlando every time they play the Warriors, they're every player's hurt? Like every time they play Orlando, their good players are hurt. I don't know when Jonathan Isaac plays anymore. Like it's unbelievable. But that's what happens in, in bad situations. Like players get hurt, they don't play, and nothing looks good. Remember that used to be the Warriors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's my, that's a great point. Like this is what happens when you have a kind of a group that the chemistry isn't right and the breaks don't. Was well, that you way. guys giving me a James Wiseman segue right there? Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Who who might the Warriors have in that situation? Who who's 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 set up in a in a weird weird way for the Warriors. Do you think hey, you wrote Who's about the Jonathan it? Isaacs of the Warriors? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Slater, you, you, I'm pretty sure you're the one who got Kurt to talk about this. This is my guess. This is just knowing how that room works. Uh, and I believe that's right. And do you think Kerr basically suggesting or telling you guys that, that Wiseman's not going to play until January at least is like a big deal, or is it something you kind of? I don't think it was a big deal. I mean, I asked it in a way that my question was. The fact that because he had said James still not scrimmaging, and I mean it was another of the non-update update, like he's still not cleared, and it was like you know, it's December sixth, so I was like, um, does this change your expectations for what he can be for you this season? Because it seems pretty clear at this point he's not really going to be able to play till two thousand twenty-one. I was the first person that brought up or until two thousand twenty-two. I brought it up like, look, it's clearly not playing until next year, calendar year. At this point, he kind of confirmed without confirming saying essentially you do the math he's not scrimmaging it's december 6th they're going on a long road they're yeah, going on a long like road it's trip. pretty unrealistic yeah, yeah. to think he'd be back before you know january 1st but in general my quite like the wrapped into the question is i mean we can go back to previous our previous podcast we can go back to the summer we can go back to some of their messaging which i did in the story i wrote but like there was kind of an expectation of it was wiseman before clay it was wiseman maybe in December we'd see him early December back into a team that we didn't think was going to be 20 and four and feeling fully formed and like ready to put Clay Thompson in and like fully form into this one seed Goliath we thought Wiseman was going to get some easing time into it and the fact that he's probably coming back after Clay he's coming back to a team that has formed an identity playing very unwiseman like right small ball read and react fast best defense in the basketball uh, because of the way you know Draymond kind of conducts the defense back there. It's just seeming more and more like he doesn't fit this season. You know, look, it's year two. I, I understand the patient approach with him, but it's, you know, again, we've talked about it weekly on this podcast. It's just with everything else going correctly for them, that is the one thing that is just not going in a positive direction. I still think he may not fit this regular season, but I still think they need whoever they expect James Wiseman to be. Even if they don't win the title this year, they're going to need him next year, which means they need him playing this year. Look at who you got to get through in the West. Potentially the Lakers. Potentially uh, Denver. Potentially, uh, obviously, you know, Phoenix is shaping up to be a Western Conference Finals setup. Like, you just can't go into this gauntlet with Draymond and Looney. They are going to need him to get to where they want to go. Are we sure about that, though? I think you are. I think against I think Phoenix. I think against Phoenix. You, yeah, maybe. You watch, how was Draymond the day after battling with DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> like, he, he wasn't. Like, it takes a lot out of him. This is the bigger wider scope question, though. 
do you think Wiseman, who at this point, like he has not been able to play basketball for six months, they wouldn't let him do anything on his knee. Obviously, now he's easing back. He still hasn't been clear for fives. We saw what he was last year. Immensely talented, but it's very raw. There's not a belief that it's a it's yet a winning center. When you're talking about playoffs, like you're talking about winning basketball at the highest stage. And there's no way to know if James Wiseman will be ready for that. Maybe by May he is. But the fact is, they need to know if they need to restructure this roster by February, going in with that mindset of like, hey, Draymond and Looney might not work, but is there a veteran center who we need to add to the mix? Like, And the closer we get to February, the more and more like Wiseman has not been able to even exhibit on a G League stage like where his game is at. And the fact that all they say behind the scenes is like, we need to be extremely patient with everything they see from him. I think it's unfair to sit here and talk like he's going to be the answer against DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs. And then if you don't think Looney and Draymond could get it done, you know, according to Shams and Bob Kravitz, they just said that the, the Pacers are in sell mode. Do, do you need to start talking trade? If I don't think they're doing I don't that. either, I don't, but, I don't but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they kind of knew some of this going into the season, and they didn't add another center. They added Gary Payton a second. Like, like they've kind of made this calculation without even knowing they were going to be in 20 and 4. I kept saying they need a third center, right? I mean, they need a third center. They have like I just don't believe in Looney over the long term, as I made clear. But he's he's done it. I thought they needed. I thought Marquise Chris would have been perfect to have on this roster. They did not think so. They think they're fine with what they got. They think they that JTA is their third center, and maybe Kaminga down the road is like, and Wiseman's a bonus. I think they think of Wiseman as a bonus if they get him up to speed for the playoffs. Then you got you've got that bonus thing, but they're going to go small anyway. So if they don't get them up to speed, they aren't losing very much, if anything. They've gone into this again. Remember, we were talking like, could he be the starter this season? And, and I was very clear, he is not going to start this season. I really believe that from the moment he had that surgery, like he is not the starter. Kevon Looney's the starter. Draymond Green is going to play the second most minutes at center. Then they sign Bielitsa. Then they have all these other things that they could do, but. I think they're fine with the way, even before 20 and 4, they were fine with it. Okay, maybe Wiseman plays some this season significantly. Plays some, maybe it's significant. If not, I think they're cool with it. I think they're all right. And I just don't see them moving pieces around because they're not adding a major salary. That's what that's what I, I see the whole Miles Turner thing. I get it. I get the idea of it. They are not adding a major salary. If they did, they would have to trade Andrew Wiggins to do it, and they are not trading Andrew Wiggins. That is not happening. So that's why I think they're just fine rolling with what they have, understanding that Wiseman might not be significant in February, which means not for March, which might mean not for April, which might mean not for, for May. But there's a chance that he is. And beyond that, even if he isn't, they've got, in their minds, they can go. They went fifteen and five with no. They're center, twenty and right, four basically. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they're just not. I don't. Don't think they're too worried about it. I would have been more worried about it than them going into the season. They decided not to, and it's worked out just fine. And I, you know, they can go JTA. They can. They, they just. They can go auto freaking Porter. Like they. They feel like they can just piece this in in today's NBA, and it hurts them maybe against one team. Phoenix Suns. Now, that might be the team you don't want to be hurt against at the very end, but they also feel they've got some other guys. And again, Kaminga could play center for them. Like, there's guys who could play center for them in their minds. Again, their minds, maybe not so much our minds, but it's worked out just fine for them. But but I also think he doesn't have to be the savior against DeAndre Ayton or them. It's just another piece. It's another option. It's 10 minutes, 15 minutes where Draymond doesn't have to give everything he's got. 
And even though I don't think it's the difference between beating Denver, you don't want Draymond guarding Jokic for 40 minutes for six games. And then going to the next series and having to do the same thing against Rudy Gobert. And then going to the next series and have to, yeah, like that, the accumulation. The bar is lowered for Wiseman. That's clear. If he goes this season to give him nothing, that's, oh man, that, that's, that's a crushing reality. Right now you got two years and they end up in the same situation that Looney was in, right? Where it's like, we don't even know if this is like what he's got, but I do think to have James Wiseman be a role player on this team, be a big, they can turn to be another option. If the bar is lowered to where you're not expecting him to be like an all world center or whatever, then to me, that's, that should be pretty easy for to expect him to be a JaVale McGee type. I do think you're right in that when you watch Kamiga, man, like <laughs> you watch Kamiga, it's just like, yo, he's just so, he's so physical. Like I, I wouldn't mind putting him behind some of these dudes. I'd play him every game. I, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, and you accept the mistakes and you don't, he jacks up a three, you don't like, you don't take him out of the rotation for a week. And that's what Kerr did. I get it. He's coaching him. He's trying to coach him to, to be able to, to trust him in big minutes. I would play him. Kaminga then went game. down to I the G League and took about nine threes uh, every game. But um, yeah, exactly. I'm and completely sure. played like the wrong way. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't quite know what you get out of going put him down the G League. Uh, I and listen, I, I don't think he's a twenty minute a guy a game guy. And sometimes he might be a four minute a game guy. But Jesus, the stuff that he does is the stuff that they need. I keep saying it. Go get twos. Go find a two against a tough defense that's overplaying everybody else. Fight your way through somebody and get to the rim. Get fouled. Let's see if he makes his foul shots at, at, at this point. Not so great. Or just be but like just, aggressive yes, and athletic yes, and yes. physical like San Antonio going, was against you. You, you needed oh. somebody to kind of combat that, right? <laughs> oh, like, that one I still numbered. Like, that was the perfect shot at the Kaminga game. There couldn't have been a better one, and they don't have They just have threw a bunch group. of young athletes out there just <laughs> ran the Warriors to death. And it's like, hey, do you have any young athletes? Oh, they're all at Santa I would have said... Jonathan Kaminga, you're going to play 25 minutes in this game. I don't care how it goes. You're playing 25 minutes in this game. Moses Moody, you're playing 15, and we'll see how it goes. You might play 30 because this is not a game that, uh, you know, we want Draymond, Steph, Otto Porter, all these guys having to, you know, having to run back him down after beating Phoenix the night before. They chose not to go that way. They have their own reasons. I went into that thinking this would should have been a Kaminga game. It should have been. This should he should play every game. That game he should have played. It's an interesting balance that they are striking and are really going to have to strike potentially even by the play or in the playoffs where they're built as this like high IQ veteran team. uh, You know, doesn't make mistakes. Knows their defensive rotations. I mean, they still got a defensive rating under a hundred right now. But against Phoenix, like you said, or you know, against the Spurs the other night, but really against Phoenix, like you saw that lack of of height, that lack of burst, that lack of ability to to get tough twos when a team is switching, uh, and you need to beat a man. So then, you know, the answer could be Kaminga, could be Wiseman once he gets back healthy. But at the same time, like that does chip away at what they 
are building, right? Because you know you put either of those two on the floor, it's two defensive mistakes. It's 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 an empty possession where where Kaminga doesn't know you know when he's supposed to pin down for Steph, and then it's a frustrated Kerr over there going like you know we're winning by executing every single possession better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Just as empty as Steph throwing the ball away. (laughs) Uh, Did you see Steve's face when uh, JTA made that turnover at the end of the quarter? Oh my god, that's as mad as again. This is just a sideline shot, so I don't know. You know, they don't show them all the time, but that is as mad as I think Steve's been all season. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I saw him last night. He was yep. punching into his hand like whap, 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 whap after <laughs> a few timeouts. and he That series where like they could run out the clock and ended up giving up two buckets in the final... <laughs> Steph gets. I don't know what happened. Steph got pick on on an inbounds pass. And I was just was, like, you know. "Are you serious?" Like that would that gives a coach a pulmonary embolism, right? Like yes, you've got was. the ball, you could run out the clock and to get the last shot. They gave up two more buckets when they were playing that afternoon game in L.A. against the Clippers, which you kind of thought going in might be a sleepy one. He was like lit up on the sideline. Like calls were infuriating him. Like big threes. He's fist pumping. He's pointing down to Mike Brown after a defensive stop. Like it's just you didn't see this energy out of him last year. Well, he thinks they can win. They think they can win a championship. This is clearly, and he, he needs to. Doesn't that change everything? Yeah. TK? Absolutely, like, absolutely. It changes everything. Absolutely, and that's and last great. year he clearly didn't think they could. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know who did. I don't know who did, but. Uh, I, I just you see what what drives him crazy, you know. I, I just it just kind of randomly like JT makes that turnover. That's who Steve was mad at mostly because it was that decision that kind of caused the chain reaction. He doesn't play again for a long time. Bielitsa blows a clear switch, right? Steve calls a timeout, forgets he doesn't switch out on somebody three pointer. I think it was Terrence Ross, my, one of my favorite players, of course. Steve calls timeout, but he leaves Bielitsa in the game and he plays him for like eight straight more minutes like he gets mad at defensive stuff and we know he makes decisions based on but like he gets infuriated at at bad turnovers like that's what drives him crazy Kaminga can play great defense if he jacks up a bad three and makes a turnover he's not playing again like that's it's what he said right he doesn't turn the ball over he doesn't turn the ball (laughs) over it's like what he kept saying about about Kaminga Steve coaches to turnovers he does rotations to defense, but he coaches the turnovers. That's how I feel like. What's interesting to think about, and you know, this San Antonio game to me was a 
obvious rest game. I mean, TK, you were calling you were calling L. the L way L. before. It was, an L. it was an L. But I'm starting to think about like Steph has played 23 of 24 games, and he hasn't played more than 70 games. He hasn't played 70 games in the season since Durant's first year. I don't know that they don't, but they've got to have 10 games set aside for him to rest, right? They're not going to play him 70. He's on pace to play about 78 games. I don't even know why you would do that. My trip in and thinking, like, you got to factor in Steph won't play 10 games. Last year, he played 63 out of 72, and it, it cost him the season. <laughs> <laughs> they might figure there what if he gets you know he might get a minor injury and he misses they're just like banking right? yeah. on a little ankle yeah. sprain yeah. Give like, him five you, games what here. you don't want to do is start resting him lose some games and then he gets hurt what i'm saying right i mean i can see how they're thinking like let's get that number one seed and then when steph maybe tweaks an ankle or whatever then he when he falls five. on a yeah falls on his tailbone exactly you don't want to like set the, yourself up for one and four when that happens and meanwhile be losing games along the way when he's not playing but i i see like a back-to-back like Indiana isn't Indiana Knicks is back to back. Maybe you don't play him in against Indiana, and you play him against the Knicks. Something, I think he's gonna like play that. both those. Um, but it, the backside of it is a Boston Toronto back to back. I know he'll probably want to play in Toronto, but that is the he'll definitely. You know, play they did the four game road trip, and the last game of the four game road trip was in Detroit. That's the one they did rest him this year, and they actually stole that win in Detroit, which was you know that was one of their bigger wins of the season because they did they did the risky move of of to, to rest a bunch but they did that partly because his hip really was hurting yeah he did yeah, get his hip was hurting bit, from right? brooklyn yeah. and i just think they're at a point early in the season and you know it's, it, we're a little bit we were talking about steve kerr's approach earlier they're in like gobble up as many wins as possible mode like there's not this you know let's let's play the marathon of the season and the, i remember the detroit game pregame so they're resting steph they're resting draymond uh, the rest in auto porter, but Steve comes in and you expect him to be, you know, oh, this would be fun. This would be good for the young guys. This might be a nice developmental night. He was even asked that way. And he was like, no, I want to win. If I think Kaminga can help in a rotational win, he'll play. If not, he won't like we're out, we're coming out here to win. And I do think there's that general vibe right now that just that like, no, they're not going to talk about like rest and Steph if he doesn't exactly need to. If that needs to happen later in the season, it does. But like you said, like, you know, they weren't planning to rest him last year. Then he just fell on a, a, a steel stair and cracked his tailbone. That's why he missed those games. It's a very risky proposition. Let him get the record. Then I think they really will start thinking about it. But I think they're factoring in that they don't need to do. They don't need to do this and because you know, let's see him get through fifty games and then they start thinking about but, it. But but last year you you were fighting for a playoff spot. The season was ended in May, no matter how you cut it. Like banking like they're they they've got to be looking at this now like they could play into june i just don't understand the value of him playing 78 games <laughs> i just don't no, he's not playing 78. he's not playing 78 games i mean they get that, that means he's got, that means a chunk is coming where i think it's later stop. in the season though once they've a stat they they have better establishment of the of a top two seed you know maybe he's gotten a bunch of games with clay there'll probably be some like more of those like mass rest nights later in the year where it's like you know clay's out steph's out draymond's out you know it's and it is what you saw in detroit and i agree with that but also like if they choose to do it if clay's going well they can rest steph and know they've got clay like i think that would be a little more another reason you need wiseman right because draymond is the same boat draymond same thing you know i I don't know is andre gonna play again andre's supposed to return on the road trip i actually heard he was in a scrimmage recently with clay 
I might not play Andre. Like Andre, you tell me when you're ready to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I think they've already done that. I mean, he has <laughs> a little bit of a swollen knee on the road trip, and he's missed ten games now. So I think they. Yeah, Andre, you pick twenty four more games that you want to play. Yeah, this you, season. Pick, you, you just pick, go you ahead. tell me the games you want to play. Let me know. Like I'm looking uh, late in the season. They have a five game road trip in in late March. Orlando, Miami is a back to back, and Wizards. Memphis is a back-to-back like you can almost pencil in like March 28th at Memphis after playing in DC the night before at the end of a five-game road trip like that is Jordan Poole's night what if you are in a battle for well the then you better seat. have gotten that Spurs win early in the season which you actually didn't get but uh <laughs> you know what I mean like but that, that, that's 20 and four like, later 20 and four yeah they're 20 and four they're, they're, come on now they're they're they got, they got the one seed right now they're tied well, tied for it but you start doing that, next thing you know, you're in a fight for the... Unless you're a clear number one or clear number two. It's just a risky... To me, it just feels risky when you could have just had this mapped out. If just that they've played a quarter of the games, Steph has missed one. If they had sat him two other games just by plan, I mean, is it that much worse? 18 and six. <laughs> They're scrambling. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> And Marcus has more time to write that three-point piece. That's what you're saying. You're just mad. That's what it's you. all about, yo. Like, this was supposed to happen late December. Like, this is... <laughs> That's what I'm pissed about, TK. It's whole... I can see it. I know My you so goodness. well. It's all like, what, what happened? I shouldn't be writing. Why haven't you right? rested this dude? Why is he playing 23 of the first Marcus wants games? rest. You got to rest Marcus. I just think they're back after two years of away from the spotlight. That is a huge part they of it, right? They want to play great. They want to play great. He just wants to play they every night. And he feels healthy. The only game... Like I said, the only game he's sad is hit was legitimately hurting i just think he wants to play they want chase center roar where, they where's want, bob they, they want them where, where's that. the where's the level head guy who can, <laughs> you know sit down he wants him to win he wants him to win games what are you talking about they want especially in chase back. yeah they want the energy back they're beginning again and i wasn't there for the last two but the phoenix game was like i mean it was a warrior crowd it wasn't a classic warrior crowd but it was a good warrior crowd and I think they're beginning, like, get, they want the noise the whole time. They want people in their seats. They want people to be on, you know, ready to ooh and ah and when the threes go up. It's just they want this energy, and they're kind of pushing that. We'll see. You know, they're chasing wins. They're chasing wins. We'll, we'll see what they feel like end of January, beginning of February. But I'm not surprised they're playing Steph so much, but I do think at some point they will back off. But they also... You know, again, if you start backing off on him now and he, something tweaks and he misses eight games, you, you're going to, man, man, it would have been nice to build up those wins. It would be nice to be 27 and six at that point instead of, you know, 20 and 14. So that's all. Or just we, do uh, the two week off thing. Do the LeBron. Be like, all right, we're off gotta, two weeks. Shaq used to do that in January. It was like, you just write it down. Shaq's going to have a little bit of a problem in, in January and he'll be back in February. And there he was, if I can dress back, back for the All Star game. And then, they, then, then the Lakers take their big run down the stretch. It's a good, it's a, it's a luxury for the Warriors to be. And like, they didn't expect to be like this. Like, this is, these are good things for them to be like, Hey, let's figure out, let's plot our way to the number one seed. That's not, it's not, again, where they've been for the last few years so i just think all these things they just like feeling this stuff they like feeling how they are they're at the top of the, their game again they didn't know that they were going to be like this they've got guys coming back like we're not even talking about clay like you know the clay thing could blow up and they could be like just not never lose again there, there could be all kinds of results from this they love it though they love this moment in time it's a good moment i do look forward to how this all shakes out some of these guys 
like when GP two comes off the court, it's like why is he le- <laughs> like why is he off the court? Like JTA comes in the games, and even when it's bad, like you know he's on the court, right? Like he just it's gonna be really interesting to see how this is all managed, right? Because some of these guys are like they're great gear changes, like they're excellent to shift the tempo of the game, and like I don't know where's Clay. Clay's minutes are set, right? This is. <laughs> this is set. You may never see something by some of these dudes again. Like it's it's wild because how do you how do you how do you tell these guys they can't play after they got you 25, 30 wins, right? Like it, it's just wild. There was a moment last game where he takes GP two off, and then it was like a terrible defensive breakdown, and there's a timeout. And he's back on the court again. He's like, <laughs> he's like, my bad. I, I shouldn't have took you out. And he's, it's just, I, I, I want to see how this is man, is going to be managed. Like, then the Kaminga factor. Like, this dude needs to be on the court. And Wiseman. And uh, it, Andre hasn't this is, played. This might be a yeah. lot. This might be a lot, yeah, yo. Yeah. It, it might be a lot. There's going to be inactive good players. That's the point. I mean, Chiosa has to get his minutes. We know that. I mean, how is that possible that he's not going to get his minutes? So... <laughs> Like they've got, he may never see the floor again. They they might have to do platoons. So what I'm thinking is like, you just might have to sit two guys who should play because you have to sit two guys and it might be Damian Lee and JTA one game. It might be GP two. And you know, I can't, I mean, I don't even know who it would be Porter or whatever. Like you just might have to go. Yeah. Be elites. You might just have to say this game, you're two good players and you can help us, but you're not playing because we need to get these other guys their minutes and you will play the next game. It's just, it's going to, you know, you're going to have like eight core guys and I can't even tell you who the eight core guys would be, but we can, we can guess at it. And then everyone else might go in platoons because you can't just play 15 guys. Like you literally can't play 15 guys, and they've got 15 guys who can play. So, um, and and you can be very liberal with the rest, as they are obviously are being with Andre right now, and, and can be with others. If you feel anything, you're done. Like, hey, yes, my yeah. knees are hot. Two weeks yeah, out, down three games, three. Yeah, you're done, done. But yeah, you <laughs> go. You start minutes. talking about playoff rotation. It gets really tricky. But again, it's a good problem to have. It's like you want to. It's like, geez, GP three, GP two should be playing. 15 minutes but we're only gonna blame nine and then he might earn 12 and that's it but that's a great position to be in because then you just have options you can just throw guys at, at, at you know the best scorers on another team you can just keep throwing guys at them and that's how they won in the past because they just had all you had livingston then you had andre then you had draymond then you had you, know, you just keep throwing guys clay you, know, you just keep throwing guys at james harden eventually you're going to be better than james harden playoffs and have a way of, of shaving down your rotation naturally though you know and it's matchup dependent and the warriors have a bunch of different guys that i think will matter in different matchups but look i could see them playing in a in a quick series and suddenly be elites so just like oh can't you know He's knocked from the rotation. No question. That's the one I'm thinking of. Again, he does a lot of things that are interesting, but he messes up a lot too. Just that's just the nature of his game. And if you if you're trying to like play that playoff grinding defense, he might not be the guy you want doing it. We'll see who else they've got, but that's a guy that I would start with. Like, okay, he might be in and out of a rotate a playoff rotation. He's in the rotation now, but a playoff rotation. If you're trying to get more minutes for JTA or Kaminga or GP two or all the other guys that we're, we can take off, it would be Bielitsa. 
I still think Jordan Poole could could be in jeopardy of losing some minutes. He's in the rotation, but Clay's going to get some of those minutes. That's just you have to have Clay get. Don't some you of those don't minutes. you dare don't you dare start taking from Jordan Poole. Uh-uh, <laughs> he only know. played twenty two minutes against San Antonio, and he was like a minus. Yeah, 26. yeah. I, man, if if he's going to play bad defense, and sometimes he still does. He's going to lose some minutes. I think he's very valuable. I'm not saying he's not valuable. He's, man, he just – sometimes you could just blow by him. Oh, my like, God. Like, when you see a guy go right to the basket and you kind of go, how did that happen? You rewind and you usually it's, it's Jordan Poole doing something that he just was slow to rotation or not up, up on the ball. Doesn't does he just remind you of early clay? Like sometimes, like Clay used to just be like that. Sometimes be like, "Yo, Clay, what what are you doing? <laughs> Second year, Clay." Clay was, was always like, bigger, right? He was always bigger. Like he could always like throw a hand up and and kind of bother. And that's the thing, Jordan doesn't always do that. Again, it's it's a lot to ask. It's more reverse, right? Like Clay's problem wasn't on the ball, but he just. The he would lose and the yeah, rotation. Yeah. No, he just no, yeah. he was terrible with it, and so he was good on ball. I do feel like Pooh is better with the rotation and stuff, but man, on ball, like it's just, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's clearly just a matter of him locking in. Like he should be far more resistant than he is sometimes, and when he wants to be, he can. Like again, we're we're projecting. We don't really know, but when you start talking about Clay playing, let's say Clay's playing twenty eight minutes, <laughs> that's twenty eight minutes that's gonna. It's gonna nudge into Jordan Bull, Damian Lee, GB two. Like you can see the people. Gonna nudge into Kevon Looney minutes too. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you got Wiseman nudging into that too. You got Kaminga that could be nudging into this. It's a formula that's gonna be really complicated. It's probably gonna change every game. But we're talking about playoff rotation. When you talk playoff rotation, there's some guys who are gonna lose some minutes, and, it, and it's gonna be mainly based on what they figure out to do with Clay because Clay's gonna play. Is Clay is going to play? That's that's not even that's the one sure thing I think we all know. If Clay's feeling good, he's going to play, and everyone else will have the ripple effect. By the way, Slater GP two. 41.7% from three as a warrior. <laughs> as a warrior? As a warrior, yeah. Wow. Dating back to last year. But yeah. 40, 40.6%. What is that year. total? How many? Check like, this out. Like 20 out of. Why, why does that matter, man? Volume. Why are you bringing that? <laughs> 15 for 36. 15 for 36. Well, he's got to take them when it's they come to him like that. Like, hey, but look, he was, <laughs> he he was 29.2 in Washington. He was uh, 14.3 in Milwaukee. Let me tell you, it has not. <laughs> and then he's just like 40 He's not yet spooked defenses into uh, chasing him off the <laughs> no, line. No. Uh, no. He does no. have to take him when his feet are set and everyone else is guarded. He does, because if he doesn't, then he doesn't have to be guarded. And there's some other guys on this team that you don't have to guard that much. We know, or at least if Steph's on the floor, aren't going to be guarded very much. So. And he just got to take the corner ones, right? He's yep. not. Yep. It's the corner. If your feet's he should... set, he's got a good look at it shoot him you know maybe not from the wings but you know sometimes from the wings definitely not from up top but he's never up top right he's never ever up top there was a couple times he brought the ball up and i'm like what, what, what are you doing like, <laughs> yeah. this is your best finisher what are you doing it was yeah, just so weird yeah. he's a unique player he just you can't use him certain ways and you can absolutely use him in very specific other ways but if he's six three and he can't shoot the three that's uh, well, I don't know why you're saying he can't shoot the three, man. He's forty two point nine percent from if, the corners. If, I said, like if if forty forty three percent from the corners. Let's what? Let's go. I told you, Slater. Uh, uh, here right now, next all star. Wow. GP two is GP two is in the rotation. I've said that he's in the rotation. He's like he's better than Kent Bazemore. And you know, I was a Bazemore guy. Like I just thought he did stuff. 
GB2 Cam Bazemore not currently in the Lakers rotation. Yeah, well, you could just see, like, on a team like that where they need him to score, oh, Lord, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like, he was taking some endgame shots in the beginning of the season, and it was terrible. That's not that's not his situation. And GP2 is a better player than Bazemore. Again, and I'm a guy who kind of like Bazemore. Has Steph texted Kim Bazemore yet? Like, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I to- you I turned told us you. down. You turned us down. Okay, yeah. let's go. Let's you chose fly. this life, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying like he texted Andre uh, after the first season was gone. Oh, miss you, miss you. Miss yeah, you he ain't doing that. Miss I, you, I just wanted like, yo, you chose LeBron over me, really? Blazers, and then a five-game road trip, which goes Philly, Indiana, New York, Boston, Toronto. Two questions. What's their record over that six games, and when does Steph break the record? What is your prediction? Six games, I'll say 4-2. Is Steph playing all of them this first off? Yes. Uh, maybe not the Toronto one, but I don't think any of us are picking Toronto as the record breaker. I think don't he's going to break it. Record, yeah. I think he's going to come close to breaking it when to, against Portland, but will not. You know, might get like 10. Uh, it will tantalizing, will make – Marcus Sweat, I mean, you might have to get that story out, but it won't happen. And I'll say it'll happen. What's the next no, game? Philly on Saturday Philly, night. No, Philly, Philly, yeah, Saturday. Philly, yeah, Philly. It'll be Philly. He'll get like six to break the record in Philly, and I think they're going to go four and two over that stretch. Maybe five and one, but I, I always give them back to back L's. I just in, in my mind that's that's L. So I'll say losses at the Knicks unless they sit him unless they sit him in Indy and play him in the Knicks, but. I'll say that he plays both, and they're going to lose at the Knicks, and they're going to lose at Toronto, so 4-2. I'm saying 4-2 and two sounds correct on the record. I don't think he'll break it until New York. Well, that's three games? Yeah, but, now? I mean, if you think about it, he's averaging about five makes a game, so if he, you know, if he stays kind of on course, that would put it, like, early in the Knicks game. He doesn't average. He doesn't get his average when he's going for records. That's one thing MT. His average <laughs> jumps to, like, eight <laughs> yeah. or nine. Yeah. Yeah. When he's going for records, that thing Do you goes think up. there's a chance he looks at the Indy New York back-to-back and goes, where would I rather break this record? Yeah, he might. <laughs> he might but yeah, I think if he sits a game, I think if he doesn't. It won't, yeah, it won't be like if he doesn't get it in Philly. If he doesn't get it in Philly. Sit I would Indiana. be surprised if he sat Indiana and did it in New York. If he plays in a game, he's not going to go. Well, I'm not going to break. Yeah, that. well, he, he can't. He that, can't not shoot threes in a game. Uh, yeah, he might sit. He might sit that Indiana game. Because go, the truth the is, guard. he's yeah. probably lining up to break it in Indianapolis. Oh, how bad? How mad would Indiana be if he sat that game? <laughs> He's gonna that sit that would, game. They, I feel now. I feel like he might sit that game. Go, oh man, they would be so <laughs> mad. I can just hear that's gonna be the topic, you know. And uh, is is uh, the Knicks a t- must be a TNT? Yeah, game, right? yeah. That's, it's Tuesday night it's TNT. Also, yeah, it's all set. Ah, it's TNT. I, I feel like Mike Breen needs to call that game when Steph breaks the record. It's an interview with Chuck and Shaq and Kenny afterwards. Now, I still think he's gonna do it the first game of the road trip. That's what I still think he's gonna do it, but. Just knowing that Steph that's 16 over the next two games, that's certainly plausible. Eight and eight, but... eight and eight, yeah, like eight and eight is not out of the, the realm here. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what, ha- what happens on Wednesday. But uh, I don't think it's going to take so long. It's I think it's going to be pretty quick from here. MT, you got a we got a record prediction here. You got anything? Man, it's happening Wednesday <laughs> at Chase Center. <laughs> At Chase. No, nah, you know what? I, Where's, I, I that do think, Where's that story? Where's that story? I, <laughs> it's happening at Chase Center because that's my life, right? That's what he's going to do it in one game, and we're going to be scrambling. No, so, um, you know, I, I do think it's going to happen in Philly. 
I think he'll get like seven and then his brother will motivate him to get more. And he's done it like this year. He's, he's had a couple of back-to-back games uh, where he's gotten like 12, 13. I think, didn't he have nine back-to-back games? I think on the road, like, yeah, he had, a, he, he had like nine in Brooklyn. I think he had nine against Cleveland. It, it is a lot to ask, but I, I could see a nine, seven split, but I do think playing against, Actually, you know what I think about it? Like, Matisse is tough, man. <laughs> That's a tough dude to get 10 threes on. Yep. Yeah, you know what? All right, Slater, you got me. You're right. I'm going garden. I'm going garden. I'm going Madison Square Garden. <laughs> We're just, just completely Indiana. You're, yeah. You're just I'm getting bypassed. It's not happening in Indiana. It's not happening in Indiana. If you were Vegas setting the lines and you knew he was playing every game, to me, Indiana's the favorite. Like, that third game. I just don't think he plays in Indiana. <laughs> I don't think... I think he's like, hey, back to back, um, and and to beat, and I've already said this before, the games are just piling up, right? That'll be the twenty four out of twenty five, twenty five out of twenty six. So he he been played twenty five out of twenty six games at thirty three years old, approaching thirty four, uh, with his style of play. Like you know, uh, people are going to be hot about it, but it just makes a lot of sense to not play back to back. The Detroit right? crowd was just. Devastated when he sat there. <laughs> Not to the point that the literally the biggest applause of the night, like middle of the first quarter, he walks out of the locker room and the entire arena starts erupting and everyone's taking videos of him walking to the bench. That was the biggest uh, applause of the night. But can uh, you imagine Indiana saying, you don't want to set the record in, in here in the birthplace of shooting? Like, uh... The, there might be it's some there might be some takes yeah. that day online. There's gonna be some takes. There's gonna be some columns popping out of the Midwest, baby. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, you make me so eager to see all this. I love Madison all Square Garden. Yeah, he, he might he might do break it just to yeah, he'll break it just to avoid all of this. Yep, yep. Like yep. All right, and then take it like and then take Indy off anyway, right? I would love to see him have need like three threes in Indy and just play this complete floor game, passing, <laughs> going to the rim. You say I can't get twos anymore? You say I can't get twos anymore? Because, like, last year he got tons of twos, right? This year he's not getting twos. So, yeah, I'm going to go with my twos. I'm going to get those efficient bank shots. That's what I'm going to do. Floater game. Work on my floater, yeah. Work on my float game. <laughs> We'll see. Always drama with this ball club. All right. All right. We're going to get out of here. Um, We will talk next week, probably after the record. After he breaks the record in New York. Yeah, I'll talk to you from New York. They're actually going to take a couple days off in New York because they have Wednesday and Thursday off. Woo! That might be L in Boston. Then the, the, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Who do they play next? <laughs> That's an L. All right. Talk to you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.